Hi everybody, I'm back again. A quick update on the domain change and iTunes situation. Alas, real life got in the way so we didn't get the domain change done this week. The plan is to do it early next week, perhaps Monday or Tuesday. So the new website should be up and running by next Saturday when the new episode is due out. As for iTunes, once the domain has uh, been finalised, we will then resubmit and hopefully we'll be back in business. Now we return you to your regular scheduled programming. Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. Well, so my recommendation is that anyone attempting to leave them out should be shot on sight. Hello, good afternoon, and welcome to Gatecast episode 143, covering Stargate. Season 7, episode 13, the singly titled Grace. And can I be the first to welcome our guest, Shane? Yes, you can be the first. <laughs> Thank you. And just a minor correction. Hello, everybody. It's episode 144 of the Gatecast. Bugger. It's ridiculous, really, because she asked me what it was before we started recording. Yeah, but it didn't stay in my brain. Uh, obviously not. A little something different for us today to make this uh, recording work and basically to get everybody on Skype at the same time. We're recording Saturday afternoon UK time, which will be a very late night Saturday for Shane. Uh, yeah, quarter to 12. Yeah, that's late. So on a technical level, how exactly do you guys record this? What, you both watch the DVD and chatter or...? That about sums it up, yeah. MST3K. Okay. Not deliberately MST3K. I realised that. It's just I was sort of, if you were both watching it, I was wondering why you didn't have, like, overlapping soundtracks and things in the background. Because Mike adds the soundtrack in after. Yeah. It's not really MST3K because, you know, they practice and write a script and everything, whereas... I don't even watch the episode beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what? You just both watch it really quietly and comment as you go. I'm wearing a headset. Yeah, I do as well. So the sound um, isn't picked up by the microphone. Okay. You don't hear the episode in the background as we're chatting, and Mike drops in audio clips with, uh, for example, do you recall the episode Emancipation? I think it was episode three. Uh, if you say so, hang on. I have a box set sitting right here. Couldn't you pick a more recent example? I, I know the one, yeah. At my suggestion, our tireless editor, Mike during the battle scene between Sam Carter and the Mongol guy, put in Star Trek original series battle music. Yeah, that works. You know Abby, Arrogance Girl? Yeah. She just tweeted, and I quote, I really need better boning in this bodice. My, my brain just had a log jammed with possible responses. <laughs> yeah, but uh, same here, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens when you go to a Renaissance Fair. Well, it does sound like, a, oh, dear God. I've got a dog virtually sitting under my desk, and I don't know what we've been feeding said dog, but I think we need to stop. Really? Is it like the dog in that Simon's Cat cartoon? Very possibly. Yes, it's naked, sitting there looking cute. I know it was you. I'm getting great usage out of that remote. I'm assuming it's on once the PS3 is on, but it's not using battery once the PS3 is off, because there's no indicator light of any description on the thing. Don't really know how it works. I'm not sure. Since I've had mine, I don't think I've ever put new batteries in it. I've had it for quite a while. 
Well, I did suggest to Mike that he take the batteries out since the joys of the UK post office are they charged by both size and weight. Didn't go by post office though, did it? No, it didn't. And it arrived when I wasn't here. That's usually the case. Luckily, yeah, but I'm off work at the moment. <laughs> I'm actually here most of the time. Luckily, they tried next door because it was delivered in this country by Nightline and Nightline's delivery office is in Galway. Galway being about 100 kilometres away. <laughs> Ever thought to yourself, I'd like to listen to a Star Trek podcast. That's different. I'm ready to irradiate your existing brain cells. Oh, how about one with an English host? T. Hellgrey Hot. Or a news section. Accessing library computer data. Or one that can help you navigate for the latest Star Trek news. Can anyone remember when we used to be explorers? Well, not quite. But Trek News and Views will bring you the latest news with either review or discussion from a wide variety of co-hosts. Oh my. Don't accept anything less. And you people, you're all astronauts on some kind of Star Trek. Trek News and Views. iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and on the Trek FM website. Other similar podcasts are but to be discouraged. Okay, VLC, let's open this. Gemma, there's a good DVD. I guess that means I better open a disc up then. I heard a line. That's okay, I've just muted it. What I tend to do is I reduce the volume, but I also turn the closed captioning on. Crazy, that just might work. <laughs> can follow the dialogue. Um, where are we? I'm here, he's there, and you're way over there. I am. Subtitles English for the Heart of Hearing. I find the subtitles, though, because I have the dialogue up a bit, the subtitles don't always match it. Of course they don't. That's all the fun. I remember I was watching something. For some reason, it had subtitles on it. And I had a lost in translation moment because the character said yes, surrounded with ums and ahs and probablys and sort of, you know, it went on for about 30 seconds. And what the subtitle just popped up was the word yes and nothing else. I have enjoyed watching some Asian films with English subtitles because... You know, especially period Asian films, because, you know, Mandarin Chinese guys weren't running around saying God damn it every other word and, and you know, calling people dirtbag and stuff like that. And I'm like, obviously, this isn't a terribly accurate translation. It's one of the funniest moments in Lost in Translation. He asks the Japanese guy something and he spits out a stream of Japanese for about 15 seconds. And her translation is no. I remember the scene where he's Bill's in the hotel room with the, uh, was she uh, a hooker? Lick my tights. Lick my tights. What do you mean, lick your tights? Lick my tights. Oh, rip. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. What's weird? I paused and the line disappeared. Yeah. No, nope, I paused and the line still disappears. Okay. When I hit play again, it'll be immediately post-line on the fade to black. So if we can get everyone to there. You do make this difficult, you know. It's not <laughs> my fault. Of course it's your fault. The computer's being weird. So basically, we're staring at the blank screen. We're staring at a black screen, yes. Okay. Just before Amanda Tapping says previously, are we all suitably cute? Yep. yep, I'm good to go. And suitably cute? Well, one of us is. We'll leave it as a mystery for the listeners as to which one of us is actually cute. Oh, I didn't realise you were actually in it. <laughs> Shane? Well, like I say, he never noticed because he never listens. Yeah, that reminds me. I need to try and wrap this by about 10 to because I want to hoover around. Just put some clothes on. I've, I have some clothes on. I just came back. That's not what you said earlier. That's because I didn't have clothes on at that stage. Let's go with pants. There's <laughs> pants. I'll do anything. If a three, if a doe, if a hane. Clicky. <laughs>
previously on Stargate SG-1. Oh, sorry, it's not Amanda, it's Teok. Yeah, the Prometheus being nicked. Jack being ticked off. Rather annoyed. <laughs> the Prometheus breaking down. Triggered a power surge that overloaded the reactor control systems. Stand by to jettison the reactor module. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's jettison reactor module. Boom. Even if we were to plot a course for Earth using maximum sublight thrust, it would take years. P3X744. If we can make it there and get home, we can get what we need to repair the ship. Yeah. So this is clips from Memento. Mm-hmm. But no time loops. This is a nice no. shot of the ship, like always seems to like. If it's the right ship. So this thing's different from a nebula. How? Well, that's what makes it so exciting, sir. We don't know exactly. Amanda's admitting she doesn't know something. Yeah, but nobody believes it. No, she's just being humble. <laughs> something that never quite rubbed off on McKay. <laughs> Two hours tops. If only so I can see the expression on your face firsthand, the words kid and candy story come to mind. So it's a big walkthrough on the, the single set of the Prometheus. Takes up a whole warehouse in the studio. Colonel Watson, report to the bridge. It must be time. After you, Major. And she's still only a major. Did she get brought really fast in the last three seasons? <laughs> yeah, no jack around to take all the credit. Sir, the hyperdrive engines are reaching maximum safe temperature. Shut them down, Major Gant. Yes, sir. Dropping out of hyperspace. Major Gant, is that a nod? Not too far, I'm not sure. Hmm. Major Carter, what's our progress? Well, sir, we covered 49 light years in the last leg. That's not bad, 49 light years. Yeah, it'd only take us a couple hundred years to do it sublight. <laughs> For a ship one-tenth this size. Only five more of these pit stops and we're home. No, not that far. It's useful. Jack nicked, uh... Oh, bogey. Bogey just appeared on our sensors. Dead ahead, 3,000 clicks. Can't you identify it? Negative, sir. It's closing in on our position very quickly. Never a good thing. Oh, dear. Run away. Are they going to blow one of these up again? <laughs> bogey is now at 2,000 clicks. Raise shields, arm weapons. We're in combat, so we go to blue light, and Amanda looks worried. She does, doesn't she? <laughs> oh, bloody hell. Uh, so, so would I. What <laughs> <laughs> the hell is that? It looks a bit Klingon-ish, really, doesn't it? So you should mention that. I found when I watched this episode that it felt very Star Trek to me, actually. Yeah, it's it's the wing design. Mm-hmm. Well, not, not, not just the ship. The whole episode is sort oh, of... Oh, the whole episode. It's like Brandon Braga's greatest hits. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, that, that could be good or bad, really, depending, couldn't it? Yeah, it, it, it's kind of like, you know, we're running out of scripts. Quick, somebody go down and break into the Paramount Warehouse. <laughs> Why bother to break in? Anyway. All right, Grace, Season 7, Episode 13, Gatecast 144. Written by Damien Kindler, directed by Peter West. First aired in the UK, January the 6th, 2004. January the 16th in the US. Australia got it September the 15th of the same year. That's fast by Australian standards. It is. Yeah. And finally, Canada got it December the 2nd, 2004. TV shows that have episodes that share the title. Falling Skies, Homeland, True Calling, Eli Stone, and an interesting show called Grandpa Goes to Washington. Ramming speed. Oh, Cameron. John Novak, that is Colonel William Ronson. Mm-hmm. He only does uh, two episodes. How long till we can jump to hyperspace again? The hyperdrive needs at least two hours to cool down before we can attempt another jump. If we tried one before that, it could overload. The deal. <laughs> no concept of personal space, have they? Colonel, I'm getting some unusual readings coming from the alien vessel. And if you've seen Stargate Atlantis, you'll recognise a weapons officer, played by Craig Veroni. Mm. He was Groden, first season of SGA. Mm. 
Human Target, Battlestar Galactica, Supernatural, Psych. A very busy actor. And I believe the navigator is that Ingrid Cavaliers from... Oh, what's the show? It was a Canadian sci-fi show. She was in Lost Girl, Regenesis, V. Yeah, there was something else as well. Um, alien Invasion type show that wasn't V. <laughs> that wasn't V. Sir, thermographic sensors are showing a rapid buildup of energy coming from within the ship. Energy buildup is continuing, sir. They're powering up weapons. Colonel, we have to get out of here. The ship does remind me of something. It's not so much Klingon. It's more of a sort of Farscape design. They're shooting at us. Look, they're going to hide in a nebula, just like they do in every other episode of Star Trek. <laughs> you look at the size of that nebula, that should be hundreds of light years away, not just a couple of hours or even a couple of minutes at sublight. It's amazing how shields are actually holding up at this rate. I mean, that's Asgard, of course, but... Well, they're not trying to kill them. Weapons officer, prepare to return fire on my command. Half missile base one through six loaded and ready, sir. Fire one through four now. Why haven't they started firing immediately? Probably because at this stage we are severely overmatched. I mean, look... They're firing missiles, for God's sake. That was sort of casually shot out of the sky. Alien vessel is still gaining on a surf shield. Strength is at 32%. Fire all missiles at will. Fire missiles at will. I mean, what does everybody want For our will. That's another little nod to TNG. Will Riker, they should never have named him Will. <laughs> nice little bit of green screen to get the uh, nebula on. Shields are below 15%. Even with sublight engines at full strength, we'll never make it. It might be possible to make a small hyperspace jump into the cloud. Just give me a few minutes to override the safeguards. We don't have a few minutes. Well, instead of a small one, how about a slightly bigger one that takes you a light year away? Yep. They're never going to catch you, and I doubt the sensors are that good. Yeah, but I, I, I like the whole, you know, it'll take a few minutes to override the safety protocols. I'll give you two. Classic Star Trek. I'm just <laughs> saying. I can do it in 90 seconds. Right request denied. I mean, seriously, that what they're firing at them there is very clearly, you know, the equivalent of a pop gun. It's not the major ship's weapon. Well, it is the major ship's weapon, because you saw it all unfold. They may not be shooting at full power. Ah, the crystals. Yeah, because it's always a good idea to do that. Whoa! Whoa! Oh, ouch. Oh, that come queen. Head injury. <laughs> And now you want the Wayne's World. Don't forget, Shane, we won't wait for you to talk, so feel free to say stuff as it occurs to you. Because we, we've had guests before who haven't sort of wanted to interrupt the dynamic. <laughs> Be Aaron on this. You know what you know, you know what Aaron's like when you record with him? I mean, having been in the same room as the man, I barely got a word in anyways. Me. Yeah, who'd have thunk it? I had jokes about that podcast. Like, were you actually on that one? <laughs> the ship is deserted. You're all alone. There's no one here beside you. The man didn't seem to pause for breath. Bridge, please respond. Look, a mysterious child hanging around in the hallway of a ship, just like a Star Trek script written by Brandon Baker. (laughs) I was thinking more Exorcist myself. Now that'd be sweet. You know, slash Eventroid. I must see if I can get... I'm sure I can get Eventroids on Blu-ray quite cheaply. Oh, I'm sure you can. So I'm imagining I, you... I have to do slightly more important things, like, you know, pay switch my flights from New Hampshire to Tucson. Yeah, get your priorities right. 
and paid for my hotel room so I have somewhere to stay where I can come. Bruce Boxleitner! Yay! I'm going to see Bruce Boxleitner. He's doing the, the voice on that new uh, animated Tron, isn't he? This is the bridge, calling all decks. Please respond. Well, he was in the original Tron, and he was yeah. he was in the Tron game. He did a lot of voice work on the Tron PC game, which came out late enough that it actually looked like the original movie. <laughs> the PCs had advanced graphically far enough that it looked like Tron. Ah. Uh. This voice log was all recorded in advance of actually filming this episode. Mm-hmm. This is Major Samantha Carter of the United States Air Force vessel Prometheus. As the sole remaining crew member of the ship, I feel compelled to keep a log of these events. After being attacked by a hostile alien ship, I sustained an injury and lost consciousness. When I awoke, I found the ship devoid of all crew. An episode which was filmed over three months. Really? Yep. Well, so it took him three months to film the captain's log. <laughs> no, I don't. I am hopeful further investigation will provide more answers. Restart command not valid. However, my first priority is to find out what happened to the crew. Having searched the entire ship and found no one, only one possibility remains to explain their disappearance. They're all dead. They left you. Hey, bag it off. The elevator panel, they lifted straight from the SGC set. Run away. Send us the one who brought you here. Sacrifice the... These are the droids you're looking for. (laughs) Escape pod's not launched. Oh, oh, I'll go. Based on the fact that all the ship's escape pods have been jettisoned, I can only assume an evacuation order was given after my losing consciousness. In the chaos that must have ensued, I was left behind. This set comprises of 15 flat panel displays and 8 CRTs. Dear God, that is a big flat panel display, assuming it's not CG. One thing about Stargate, you know, if they can do an effect practically, they will do. So probably could be a rear projection panel they used to use in the SGC briefing room. Without sublight engine power to maneuver the ship out of the cloud, I'm left with only one other option. Yes, we really wanted a blue screen. Come on. <laughs> they must have outsourced something to Microsoft, something on board that ship. Uh, no, it's all it's all Apple. <laughs> yeah, nothing works. I'm going to engage the most powerful system on board. It doesn't work. Yep. Explosion imminent? <laughs> no. Uh. You see, she's on her own, so she can despair. What the hell? <laughs> and would that freak you out if you thought you were on your own and mm. somebody grabbed you? Especially when you're not there. Yes. Am I dead? Is this heaven? Mm. You must remain conscious at all costs. I just need to rest for a while. You cannot. Listen to me. You are injured. If you sleep, you will die. Do you understand? That's a common misconception. You ever check that on Snopes? They only want you to stay conscious because they want to monitor deteriorations in your mental condition. I mean, there's nobody there. There's no one there to monitor your mental condition, so I don't think it really matters. You're going to die if you stay awake or not. So what's that mean, then, if your hallucination wants you to stay awake so that it monitor your mental condition? MPD. Yeah, that'd work, wouldn't it? Multiple personality disorder for the win. Who knows? At, at this point, you know, on first viewing, it doesn't have to be an hallucination. Hmm. Is Grace a hallucination, or did we agree that Grace was a manifestation of the other ship? 
So, any info on the child? Grace is played by Sasha Petrice. She's currently starring in Pretty Little Liars. She was in X-Men First Class. Also Heroes. She's had a very nice little career. Born in 96, so she was about eight when she played this. According to a tweet I read recently, there's a reason to watch Gilmore Girls. You see a very young Jared Pilecki, if you're a Supernatural fan, and you're a bloke, but you want to watch Gilmore Girls, you could argue that you're watching it for Jared. That isn't a good enough reason. That's not the argument that I'd make. (laughs) Yeah, I'm watching this for this young bloke. No, it doesn't work. I'm sorry. I have sent out a distress signal detailing Prometheus' situation and our last known position in space. I know it could be hundreds of years before anyone hears it. Yeah, and what's the best to talk about? Don't have any ships in the area. They are literally, what, about five more jump, 260 light years away from Earth? Mm-hmm. That stainless steel sink we've just seen was lifted straight from an airplane. Therefore, I feel my best course of action is to settle in for the long haul. According to my calculations, I have enough food and water to last several months. With further rationing, it might be possible to double that. She's bagging the stuff up and presumably freezing a lot of it so it'll keep. So there's no issues with power generation. Behind you. Play with me. This is not a panto. Where's the headwork gone? <laughs> She's cleaned it. She's cleaned it. She, oh, it's, it's there. The med kit. There should still be a gash in her hair. It's just under her uh, hairline, isn't it? Her hair's starting to improve finally. We're nearly halfway through the season and she's realised uh, maybe she should use some product. Or maybe it's been increased slightly so that they can afford some. During my last jump attempt, the hyperspace window seemed unable to stabilise enough for the ship to enter it. Thus far, sensors have been unable to identify the actual content of the cloud itself. It's more likely made up of a denser group of gases than that of a typical nebulae or gas giant. So she's going to study the nebula anyway. Why not? What else can she do? Understand the nebula, and maybe she understands why uh, the hyperdrive system won't work. Here's Daniel. (laughs) Another guest. And she's in the cereal bar. Daniel normally always carries around some sort of uh, chocolate bar or a ration. It's a nod to the dearly departed Jonas. Nah, that'd be toast. Oh, come on, Sam. Running the same diagnostic program for four hours now. What makes you think the results are going to change? Ignore him. (laughs) Sam! Hello! Were you this annoying when you were ascended? I don't know. It depends on who you ask. I thought I had a certain, shouldn't say quoi. Timing was so-so. <laughs> <laughs> Is this what she actually thinks of Daniel? He's rather rather annoying. <laughs> this is ridiculous. You aren't even real. Well, I'm not so much me as I am you, really. I mean, part of your subconscious mind. So am I real? That's up to you, I guess. I love the Socratic implications of my being here. Quite fascinating. Daniel. I love this. This is probably a trillion-dollar spacecraft, and they've got wooden pencils and no doubt little pencil sharpeners. <laughs> yes, and each one of those little wooden pencils probably cost thousands of dollars each because it's a US government spacecraft. Yes, exactly. <laughs> What's the difference between a hammer and a hammer with the NASA logo on it? About $140. Thank you. Well, actually, there is a reason they're using pencils, and they picked it up from the Russian space program. You could, in theory, have a failure of the gravity plate system, and if that thing's a pencil will work in zero-g, a pen won't. So it does actually make sense. Unless you got one of those really expensive positive gas pressure pencils. 
Yeah, let's face it though, if the gravity goes in a spaceship like this, you ain't going anywhere, because inertial dampers would go with it. So you put your foot down on the accelerator at 0.1 light speed and you're toast. Strawberry jam toast. <laughs> mm, strawberry jam. Are you trying to make me hungry? I was in a package when I came in from the meeting and now I started going, no, no, no. But I don't want to eat because I still, ha- I still have to hoover around the table where it's sick because there's crumbs on the floor. Does that sound like you? Daniel, I can't even think straight. You alone stay awake. Sam, you have to check this out. Trust me. I've decided who I identify with, sadly, most in the Stargate franchise, and who I'd probably be. And, unfortunately, it's Felger. I can believe that. <laughs> Thank you, Shane. That's the only person here who's actually met me. <laughs> nice shot, that is. Makes that room look huge. Meal, do not reheat. They look like pot noodles. They probably are. You know what they probably are, actually? It's, if it is proper military ration, it's probably variation on the... Uh, you know the things that you use when you're cold for the warmers for the hands? You probably pull a tab out at the bottom, there's a chemical reaction and it heats itself, so you don't need to add water. Right. You don't really want to hear metal creaking under stress, do you? Never a good thing. Structural damage. Now, the question it's asking is, is it actual structural damage or is she imagining it? Oh, dear. So is she hallucinating the computer report, or is the computer itself faulty? Yeah. Or, like, Eureka, is she strapped to a bed somewhere? Was that Dan Shea going out of the elevator? Sorry, I didn't notice. Oh, Peter. Just as men fell together. You, uh, heard about Sam? Yeah. Doesn't sound good. Gee... Captain Obvious. 18 hours past due for contact? Yeah, I'd say something went wrong. (laughs) Are you worried, Jack? (laughs) No. But Jack's expression really did say, thank you, Captain Obvious. Why does he need to make a list? Shouldn't that all be on a computer somewhere? Yeah, but he had to actually type in the search command, you know? Well, it's not really make a list, is it? It's like, hey, do this in print. Well, he's doing his bit. You know, every time he got a loss, they'd used to visit numerous planets. Well, when the hyperdrive failed on the Prometheus maiden voyage, you were nearly stranded on a piece of an X-009 because they didn't know where their story was. Sounds like a long shot. Well, unfortunately, the Tok'ra are unable to send a ship at this time. I knew it! Sorry, didn't I say the Tok'ra didn't have a ship? You know, visiting these planets is... What? Is what? Is something... Jack's quite irritable, isn't he? I don't know if it was deliberate, but the little touch of the elevator creaking and rattling as it moves, echoing the sound of the ship. The day I bought my subwoofer, I got cider. Oh, I sat down. What? The it's ship's low. Sorry. You really find that amusing, don't you? <laughs> I sat down and watched it this afternoon. I thought, I'm not watching Stargate. I'm watching Star Trek. <laughs> yes, you have said that a time or 20. <laughs> I think we've also... This is one of the things about Stargate. They're quite happy to reference popular culture, especially science fiction, which is exactly what you would do if we were in their places. Absolutely. Hmm. If I can't find a way to stop it from spreading, the ship's hull will eventually be breached. When the blazing sun is gone... When he nothing shines upon. I can't actually remember how she gets out with this. Who are you? What do you want? Then you show your little light. Twinkle, twinkle, all the night. Come on, 
This way. Wait. Samantha. <laughs> Samantha? Doesn't sound right coming and talk smart. Normally it's Major Carter. Of course she didn't. I'm here to warn you. I know. I have to stay awake. That's not all. Oh. Everything may not be as it seems. Well, thank you. But the fact that I'm talking to someone who isn't really here kind of speaks to that. On the contrary. I think it's you that's not here. And he's smiling. Is it weird, Tilk smiling? Grinning, even. How do you know? It is possible they are probing your mind. If so, any information obtained may be used to attack Earth. Okay, hold on. Okay. Even if you're right and I'm not really here, what am I supposed to do about it? Nothing. There is a probe in your mind. Yeah, this is the paranoid part of her mind, playing out through Tilk, who would likely suspect this sort of thing. You may inadvertently be divulging to your captors vital information concerning Prometheus technology. I do believe it would be prudent to do nothing. I can't do that, Tilk. That's it. Just lay down and die. That'll shove it to the aliens. Yeah. You're the master of doing nothing, aren't you, Tilk? Especially when it relates to vital strategic information, which you've known for three or four seasons. <laughs> well, to be fair, people don't usually ask. Yeah. So I guess she fell asleep. Yes. And who opened the door? Unless she literally fell unconscious, you know, and everything that happened in a millisecond or something. Mm. This is real. Actually, it'd be quite concerning to be lying on the floor and an automatic door opens and you didn't move. Well, maybe her arm. She might have rolled over while unconscious and her arm passed through the sensor barrier. Effects of my head injury are getting worse. I'm not sure how much longer I can last. My only hope of survival is to somehow get the Prometheus free from this gas cloud without using either the sublight or hyperdrive engines. I think I've come up with a way. It has its risks. She sounds a bit groggy. Well, she's suffering from a head injury. Mm-hmm. Nice. Makes you realise how big this set is. By venting several levels worth of pressurised atmosphere, I am hoping to generate enough propulsion to move the ship. Point of interest. Yeah. Why isn't she wearing one of the spacesuits that the ship doubtless has? Well, she's not going to drain the air from the bridge. Yeah, but even so... Last time they had those space shoots, it cost them a fortune to rent them. They're not going to do it again. <laughs> oh, help, help! <laughs> You're killing me, and by me, you mean yourself. No! Now, I'm not saying the Enterprise ever vented air from its cargo bay or anything. Oh, heavens, no. With people in it. Specific, with two specific people in it. I mean, Battlestar used to make a habit of it. Yes. Hey! What now, Daniel? Have I, uh, told you my latest theory yet? It's really cool. Come on. Daniel, you're irritating. Lose something? D- did you see a... Little girl? Yeah. No. <laughs> you know, you don't look so good. Yeah. Anyway, about my theory. Now, what if this cloud isn't so much a collection of corrosive gases as it is a sentient being? Saying the cloud is alive, Sam. Yes. Mm. Creak, creak, creak. Go on. The cloud is alive. 
Who's having a sweetie? I'm not. I'm just putting the envelopes back in plastic cover. You can see Sam is suffering from her injury. And the tilt of the camera, I should say. Referred to as a Dutch angle, which is something I never knew. Originally pioneered in Dutch cinema. That's one of the things you do learn when you listen to the commentary with the cameraman involved. If we talk to it, maybe it'll let us go. You want me to talk to the cloud? Want to kill you to try? And how would I do that? Well, you said there's this little girl running around the ship. Maybe that little girl is the physical personification of the cloud. No, no, just go with me on this. Maybe that's its way of trying to communicate with us. Daniel. Oh dear. Sleep. Cold floor. Cold floor. Got no idea how long time has passed here. Could have been hours, could have been literally seconds. Although, as it turns out, when she went to sleep, she didn't die. Oh, yeah. Nation. Oh, did she? (laughs) Meanwhile. My mother used to sing that to me. How obscure. I'm so tired. You can't sleep. Not yet. Why? Because we need to talk. It's been interesting to see that necklace around Sam's neck if it was the same one. Mm. Maybe a cup of aspirin and some aspirin would help. Uh... Eat. You need to keep your strength up. <laughs> Eat this imaginary food. Yes. <laughs> Small gods. I'm Grace. Who are you? You know. No, I don't know. I'm your father. Hello, Cameron. So, what does Jacob really think, or what does she think he thinks? Is she thinking about thinking what he thinks of? Or is she thinking, he's thinking, she's thinking, but he's thinking? The second one. Hmm. Well, you think about everything you did wrong as a parent. Don't take this the wrong way. I know. I don't look so good. I wanted so many things for you, Sam. Yes, I wanted you to be in NASA. Mm -hmm. But no. I wanted you to get married and have kids. No. I want to be a granddad. No. I wanted to be banned with an alien symbiote. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> Result? <laughs> I'm flying around the galaxy, but we'd never have a ship. Nope, because that would be Star Trek. And we're not Star Trek. I wish I... Indeed. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry, you can do Baal, but you're not allowed to do Teal. You have the right <laughs> accent for Baal. Well, close, but not exactly. <laughs> it's a lot closer than anything else. True. And that's the problem. Okay. I'm really not following here. I'm saying... You're missing something vital from your life. And the sad part is you have no idea what I'm talking about. Dad, I am happy. I've seen and done things most people couldn't even dream of. I have an incredible life. And yet you're alone. Well. There's a reason she's alone. Every time she meets somebody, they die a horrible death. Mm. Usually sacrificing themselves to save her in the process. (laughs) Yeah. You know, unless it's Jack. I mean, there's no argument. Samantha Carter is a great catch. But the hoops you've got to go through to win her, 99.9% of the men on the planet just aren't up to the job. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, you'll be most often imminent death puts you off. <laughs> yeah, what happened to your last boyfriend? Oh, he died. About the one before that. Yeah, he died. I would do it all over again. That is love. Oh, bless. What about your best friends? They're all blokes. Not actually ever slept with them, and they're still alive. Right. Uh, we have no evidence that you actually slept with anyone. That is true. That is true. Sam has left a very sheltered life, if you take what we've seen on SG-1 as an example. I'm sure there was some interesting young cadets when she was a teenager. It's time to let go of the things that prevent you from finding happiness. You deserve to love someone. And be loved in return. You've made yourself cry. Well done. <laughs> oh, Tian. And the food's gone. Our imaginary food's gone. I said that. Oh, sorry. As they had one of the set decorators on the commentary track, you were talking about the SGC set. It was originally built on one science stage and then totally ripped down and rebuilt again on another when they got the permanent stage. Hmm. It's hiding in the sentient nebula. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, you know, you've got a report. They didn't come back with her. They didn't come back with the body. I'm thinking they didn't find her. (laughs) Well, the general never leaps to conclusions. That's how he's become a general. Look at the size of the man. I doubt he's ever left anywhere. Well, they've completed an initial trace of the Prometheus's route. There's no sign of it at any of the designated cool-down coordinates. You're assuming they stayed on course. Well, they're currently expanding their search, conducting long-range scans of several systems adjacent to the route home. Hopefully, we'll hear something from them soon. Hmm. Jax is really not responding well to concern from his friends. Lack of sound. Hmm. That's the problem with Jack. He doesn't really know how to express himself here. He knows his concern, and he should be showing his concern, but he can't, really. I don't want to hear it. Good. Because I'm not in the mood. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What? When Colonel Mayborn and yourself were stranded off-world, Major Carter felt a similar sense of frustration. She despaired at the thought of never seeing you again. You're not completely clueless, are you, Tyrk? Not you? (laughs) Indeed. You are like a brother to me, O'Neill. You're like, what, 140? A younger brother, perhaps. What do we do? (laughs) I thought he was only about 85. Look, T, I know what you're trying to do. I appreciate it. Is that Tiok pointing out that, yes, I know you fancy Sam got the hearts for her. Pretty much so, yeah. And if Tilk knows, everybody knows. <laughs> yes. Indeed. <laughs> Not always the quickest, Tilk. Wanna try? It's fun. I remember when I was a little girl, I used to wonder how a bubble could exist. I see there's this thing called surface tension. When molecules bind together in a certain way... Boring. Here, just try it. Yes, Sam. Overthink everything. Just put your lips together and blow. See? Fun. Yeah. All right, Carter. Come on. On your feet. Let's go. I was wondering when you were going to show up. At last, Jack turns up. You just going to sit there? Too tired, sir. Don't you look good kind of silhouette? He looks at least 30. <laughs> As opposed to the 300. He looked great up to SGU, then he looked old. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm a figment of your imagination. You're gonna call me sir? Oh, that's it. When your hallucination tells you it's an hallucination. <laughs> I've tried. Just giving up then? Yes. I just don't know what else to do right now. You'll think of something. Came to give me a pep talk? That's what friends are for. Friends with benefits, even. Hey, this is you talking here. Might as well be honest. What if I quit the Air Force? Would that change anything, or is it just an excuse? Okay, if you're going to be honest, strip naked. <laughs> no doubt questions she's asked herself over the years. What, why Jack looks like naked? No, if she should leave the Air Force. Or at least a chain of command. Mm. Is there something there with Jack? I mean, she's seen it in an alternate reality. You know what the chain of command is? Go on, then. I don't need to complete the quote. Let's face it, I'm not that complex. Me? Sam. I'm a safe bet. He's unobtaining him. As long as I'm thinking about you, setting my sights on what I think is unattainable, there's no chance of being hurt by someone else. <laughs> it's not you being hurt. What worry about, Sam, frankly? Evidence thus far indicates that you're not the one who gets hurt. He said, playing with the radiarchy. I mean, it's actually quite a compliment for Jack. The unattainable. <laughs> I put myself on such a pedestal. No matter what. Believe me. So what now? Go save your ass. One last thing. Go for it, Sam. He's an hallucination. <laughs> <laughs> yes, hallucination, inner an hallucination. I wonder how many takes that took. As many as Amanda wanted. Yeah, as many as required. And what about RDA? At least RDA got to actually kiss her. Is that the only time? No, no, they've no, no, they no, kissed. No, no, the, in the episode with the time loop, RDA got to actually kiss her. Oh, yeah. uh, Mobius. A version of them, anyway. All the bubbles, of course, are not coming from Little Grace. They've got all the crew off-camera blowing bubbles into the set as well. It's a hard life making television. Yes. What did you do today? I blew bubbles for four hours. <laughs> and much did you get paid uh, for this again? I got paid union rate as well. Yeah, hey. <laughs> Yeah, uh, hell, I'd blow bubbles for scale. <laughs> it's not union, right? It's on a scale. The crew, not actors, so it'll be union. Mm. So, let me get this straight. She's going to make a warp uh, hyperspace bubble. Yeah. She's not going to make a warp bubble. Never say that again. <laughs> <laughs> what next? A whole shit with only one person on board. <laughs> yeah, well, that was different. That was Wesley's fault. What you looking at? It's complicated. I'm going to try to save myself with a bubble. How? The, the hyperdrive won't fully engage because of the cloud, but maybe it doesn't have to. If I can dial down the power flow to the hyperdrive emitter, theoretically I should be able to cause a partial shift into hyperspace, essentially taking the ship out of the cloud's space-time. Hopefully just enough to eliminate its effects on the sublight engine. Neat! <laughs> the Air Force, of course, is going to ask, why do we have such a big crew if only one person can run the ship? It's not one person. It's helpers, huh? <laughs> bracket TM, bracket. Yeah, just want to see her in tights. Ooh, nice. That looks remarkably like Sheila Bubba from certain other unnamed science fiction programs. The chain is quite. So, as a point of interest, the hyperdrive they're using in this is a hyperdrive out of Alkesh, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. So, not only does she use that to move the Prometheus, but then 
in a moment this other ship as well. Mm. That seems slightly unlikely. Well, that's why they have to do the cooldown thing. That's not a small ship. You'd have thought they'd have mentioned the ship was trapped in the nebula alongside the Prometheus before now. <laughs> well, those nations are arguing with each other. Yes. It's never good. Run away, get help, go for it. <laughs> Sam, altogether, Andrew Carter. There's no time. I agree. The alien vessel is too formidable. Will you guys shut up? Just let it work. Oh, there it is. Hmm. Or she's kind of like doing it, is phasing it slightly out of this reality. Let's just say that the engine system power generation is sufficient. Hmm. This is obviously a bottle show. I mean, apart from a few nice nebula shots like that one, it's really been pretty much filmed on one set with a minimal cast. This is the money saving episode. This is probably literally why it took three months because they were just shooting it as and when they could spare the set. I'm thinking you've been stuck in here just as long as I have. The only difference is, I found a way out. Here's the deal. Return my crew, everyone, intact, and let us go. And I'll help you get out of here. Do we have a deal? looks remarkably like an Asgard teleport. Because it is Asgard teleport. Why are they going to do another special effect when they can just take the Asgard one and just maybe tweak it a little? Yeah, but why does the other ship have an Asgard teleporter? The production are not going to spend money doing a new special effect. We're going to bring it with us out of the cloud. Major? I'll explain everything soon enough, sir. See if they keep their end of the bargain. Yeah. I must scrape the paintwork there going by. Yeah, they, should, they knocked over the communications array on the <laughs> Prometheus as they went past. Oops, sorry, mate. <laughs> well done, Major. Sir, with your permission, I'd like to relieve myself of duty now. Easy. Get it to the infirmary. Hmm. Relieve yourself of duty. Truthfully, Sam, we haven't seen you relieve yourself throughout the episode. It's been like the first couple of seasons of 24 where no one peed. <laughs> At least Babylon 5 had toilets. Colonel Ronson really hasn't had much success on his first two missions with the Prometheus, has he? At least he didn't blow it up yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> there was a point, I think, in season 8 or 9 where they're going through ships that noise like candy. Yeah, you do know how long these ships take to build, don't you? Hey. Jack... Excuse me? Oh, she said Jack there. <laughs> Sorry, sir. Yes, well, <clears throat> a massive concussion will tend to disorient one. She's drugged up, Jack. Don't worry about it. It's all relative, Carter, that whole time-space continuum thing. Sir. Don't try to be smart, Jack. Please don't try science on me, Jack, even if it is astronomy and something you might know something about. Uh, Teal can Daniel say hi. Uh, they're planning a little bit of a shindig for when you're up and around. There's talk of cake. A cake? My idea. Shindig. 
Cake and yeah. jello. Well, cake's always a win. <laughs> <laughs> and Jack, of course, takes credit for yes. it. Need anything? Magazine? Yo-yo? I'm fine. Yes, you are. Thank you, sir. For what? Nothing. Think nothing of it. I've got plenty of that. There's a lot more things you could say under these conditions that'd worry you. Now that's a bit disturbing. You really don't want to be hearing or hearing the hallucinations after you're home. Well, concussion's still there. So does that mean everything after this episode was an hallucination? Could be season eight, eight, nine, and ten. All a dream. So was Atlantis. So was <laughs> Universe. <laughs> universe, it turned out, unfortunately, it was a nightmare. Go season three. The advantage with Universe, you see, is because it was such an ensemble show, you could bring in different actors or even just the minor characters and make them major. That's how you could continue Universe. You could say a lot of the major characters if they're not available, because I can't imagine Lou Diamond Phillips is. Well, now he's got his own show now. We're killed off, so the minor characters have to come up. Look, Universe is done, SG-1 is done, SGA is done. They ain't coming back. How about Stargate Academy? Showing new people coming in as a low-numbered SG team. There is a skip to continue Infinity. <laughs> <laughs> we don't mention that show it doesn't exist as far as Gatecast is concerned and we will never cover it we agree that at the start you look at Clone Wars and you think there is room for a good high production value animated series Infinity wasn't yeah but I'm just saying you look at Clone Wars as it is now is really top notch animation compared to its earlier version which was you know really crappy animation the stories are good the characters are good because they're pulling them straight from the movies if they want a minimal investment for, a, say, a 13-episode run, that seems a reasonable opportunity for MGM. I mean, and reasonably, they could also, um, if they wanted to continue a series and they did it as animation, then it probably wouldn't be a big deal to bring all the original cast back, even if they've got other jobs, because they're just in for voice work rather than actually having to act in an episode. Yeah. We've just recently had a Blade animation series. Got Tron Uprising, of course. Clone Wars is still ongoing. Indeed. If you're going to risk a bit of money, that's probably the way I'd go instead of a live-action series and see how well it performed. MGM may uh, be surprised. Not sci-fi, of course. Sci-fi probably isn't bothered at all, but I'm sure MGM could come up with some other partners. Anywho, that were Grace. Not a horrendous episode. Yeah, not sure. horrible, but it's just not what I would think of if I was thinking Stargate. A few uh, Season 7 episodes have had that label pinned to them. Something doesn't quite feel right about them. And that could be because of the budget and the time constraints of this season. Mm-hmm. As others have said, the show is performing well. Why would MGM and Sci-Fi put pressure on the, the time and budget? Probably doing well enough to get renewed, but not enough to get a significant boost in its budget, especially when uh, your lead actor is spending half the time doing God knows what. Well, you know, I mean, Sci-Fi wanted to put the budget into wrestling and cooking shows. Well, not back then. <laughs> That's when they were still spelt properly. <laughs> Next week, we have Fallout. Actually, purely as a point of interest, Shane, would you mind reading the preamble? I would if I could. It's a little blurb piece. I know what a preamble is. On my discs, there isn't one. Uh, in that case, here's the one from the transcript site. I just pasted it into a chat window. Nope, I get nothing. There you, go. you just have to read it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I know Skype and its chat windows are absolutely nightmare. 
if you go onto the main Skype window, you should see an icon flashing. Just not pleasing some people. I'm not reading that. That's not a preamble. It's a freaking novel. Well, he sent it about three times. The SGC is contacted by Jonas Quinn, who declares that Naquita deposits are converting into Naquadria in the planet's core. Oh, this is the core ripoff episode. Threatening an explosion that would destroy all life, as large explosions do. At the SGC, Daniel and Jack must help settle diplomatic troubles preventing an evacuation of the planet while Carter and Teal go with Jonas to find a way to prevent the explosion. Oh, let it blow up. Yeah. Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah, you. What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. We have a little news and feedback now. The Gatecast would like to offer our congratulations to Paul McGillian and his wife Courtney on the birth of their first child. Hugh was born August the 5th at 1.20am. Welcome to the Stargate family, Hugh McGillian. Amanda Tapping is starring in a Lifetime TV movie which premieres on the 11th of August, so this news is time sensitive. However, I'm sure the movie will be repeated often. Mike Dupo, who has appeared on SG-1, SGA and Universe, will guest star in the new season of Grimm, which returns Monday, August 13th. We also had a little feedback on Evolution via Twitter. Michael Clark tweeted... A good review of Evolution Parts 1 and 2. Nice to see the team split up and do their own things, and then see the concern for each other. Great stuff. Thanks, Michael. Shame about Bill. They forgot all about him. Lee tweeted, One of the less impressive two-part episodes for me, but the Super Soldier was cool, though. I replied, They had set the standard quite high, though. I like Burke, thanks to Enrico's performance. Michael replied, Quite a few shows have used Super Soldiers. I remember The X-Files. Not the best, but an okay story. I finished off, superior soldiers would have been more accurate. Jaffa compared to humans are super in some regards. Not that much feedback this week, and my birthday list is empty. I'm sure there are Stargate actors with birthdays, I just don't have them at the moment. If you want to leave us some feedback, then these are the ways to do it. The Gatecast website can be found at gatecast.facecast.com. Links to episodes not found on the current RSS feed can be found there as well. Our Facebook and Google Plus pages are listed under The Gatecast, and our Twitter ident is The Gatecast, which is one word. Finally, the old tried and trusted email address is gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. It is still the best and most reliable way of getting in touch with us. And if you're feeling adventurous, why not record us a little MP3 so we can play it on the show? It makes life so much easier when we know how to pronounce somebody's name. So feel free to send us any comments or feedback you have on the show. Or any aspect of the fandom. Retweets, plus ones, URLs, pictures, sound files, anything like that is more than welcome. We'll always do our best to put any feedback into the show itself. One world, one universe. The journey never ends. Stargate forever. Okay, folks, that was Grace. Join us next week for... Follows. Thank you. <laughs> I can tell we've been walking together for years. Just a natural rhythm. <laughs> Thanks for squeezing us in, Shane. I know it's been a bit difficult getting a time where we could all... There were other times I could have done it, but it just would have been copious amounts of background noise and barking dog and all that fun stuff, so... Oh, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Take care. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Take care. Thanks for coming on, Shane. Bye. You've been listening to Gatecast, presented by Alan, Mike and Scott. Visit us at gatecast.facecast.com. 